Hey guys, here we are, the Quake and Out MMA podcast. We've got two guests tonight, one that's going to jump on later, but the first and foremost, we've got Ike Bailey Flag coming up, and he's got the biggest opportunity probably of his life, um, you may disagree, but him fighting for the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship Lightweight title. How you doing, Ike? I'm good, man. It's just, uh, like you said, just getting ready to getting ready to fight 10 days out and uh, kind of putting in the last uh, hard work or, you know, that I need to for the fight. And absolutely, and I think the funniest thing about this is that, you know, I'd seen posts from you for months where you're like, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know, people say, when are you going to fight next? When are you going to fight next? And you're like, I'm always ready. So I love that that kind of idea that you had. So tell me how this fight with Palomino came to came to fruition and how you, you know, ended up taking that, that one. Uh, you know, it was something, so they had, they had announced the, uh, the fight with Jim, and it sounds like... Uh, one of Jim's coaches or corner people who's already who's got some pre-existing in, in conditions, uh, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm bad mouthing him, so I'm not. This might not be completely accurate, mm-hmm. but uh, one of Jim's uh, coaches uh, came down with COVID and he had to pull out of the fight, and, and uh, <clears throat> know, which sucks because uh, Jim. I know <clears throat> Jim has been vocal about this, but he worked his butt off too for this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You know, when an opportunity pops up, uh, you don't say no, you know, and I didn't say no. Oh, and so, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's something I, I've been still working this whole time, man. It, you know, the goal was, uh, you know, I wanted to fight Jim, uh, not because of bad blood, but just because Jim's a tough dude and he is. I mean, you know, and obviously that's the fight you want, you know, especially for a belt. Uh, I think that me and him would have made a heck of a good scrap too, and and uh, and uh, so I was rallying for that, and it didn't happen. But like I said, you know, uh, things happen, especially right now in like the COVID world that we're living in, and and uh, and I jumped on the opportunity. Absolutely, and normally I try to shy away from the COVID conversation, but there's no way to shy away from it in this sense because it's really you know as unfortunate as a gym and i hope you know his cornerman his coaches whoever you know is dealing with that they they're safe and they you know recover quickly but it's because of that that you're in this opportunity so do you feel that you know if you go in there you take out palomino you know jim is the guy you want next uh absolutely you know um you know jim is Jim's a tough, hard-nosed dude. I got Palomino first. I mean, obviously, that's my that, my main concern. But, like, yeah, of course, I want Jim. Uh, you, you know, we I, I started messaging Jim about gunning for him uh, a few months ago because that's, I mean, that's what I want. He's undefeated, and and uh, we were all supposed to be in that lightweight tournament, and then things happened with, uh, with obviously, with things shutting down. So, uh, you know, he's the guy who I want. He's the guy who... Uh, I think we'll make a heck of a good fight also. I mean, this Palomino fight is going to make it be a scrap for sure, but, you know, Jim's a guy who I want. Well, and absolutely. And Luis Palomino is no stranger to those in the MMA world. Um, you know, those fights he had with Justin Gaethje back in the, the World Series of Fighting days. So, you know, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of people who have criticism when it comes to bare knuckle where they're like, oh, it's kind of like the end of the road or it's for those fighters, you know, and not my words. Uh, washed up fighters but I feel like a lot of fighters have gained like they've been like reborn and I feel like a lot has happened in your life since 2018 since your first bare knuckle fight so do you feel like 
you know, this is the way to go and something you can continue to do for quite some time. Uh, yeah, so I like it. You know, I like the platform. Uh, I like that we're just using our hands and it is something that I can continue to do for a while. You know, uh, I love MMA. I mean, that's, you know, and I, and I will always love MMA, but if there's no doors open for me in MMA, then, you know, uh, not like bare knuckles, a second place thing, but, uh, you know, it's something that it's a new kind of opportunity. I wanted to check it out and see what I could do with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and what made you make that jump to bare knuckle, especially, you know, two years ago, you just passed 40, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you're still fighting and you're rocking that, that missing tooth there. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. I need to get that put in after the fight. Um, so the bare knuckle thing came about, uh, Joe Stevenson kind of hit me up and asked me if I wanted to try it out. And, uh, and, uh, I, you know, the last the last several years, you know, I had a bunch of stuff. Things got really dark for me, and uh, and uh, and I really never felt like I did what I should have with uh, MMA, you know, because I was too messed up mentally and physically, and and I had all kinds of stuff going on, and uh, and so this is kind of a way for me to to continue doing something that I love, you know. If I didn't love fighting, I wouldn't be doing it. It's not like I, I need the paycheck, you know. It's just I love to, to do it, you know. And so I just wanted to, to kind of give myself the opportunity to see what I could do with this sport as well. And and I kind of love that because, you know, I talked to Tom Schaff. Uh, his, his fight was one of the first ones I had seen in bare knuckle, like, in person. And I, I've seen a lot of things over MMA, you know, over the years covering MMA and Hearing that first punch land in bare knuckle was like the worst sound I've ever heard in my life. So, <laughs> and it's it's grown on me because it is something you know the two minute rounds, um, you know the the ring instead of the cage, and of course you know it's a lot more brutal than boxing. So why do you think it's really taken off, and why do you think it really pulled you in to be like you know uh, this is what I want to do? Well, so I like not having the gloves. Uh... Man, I don't know why it pulled me in. I just, uh, you know, like I, I, so I talked to Leonard after his first fight and we both, it's like a totally new adrenaline rush. And, and you just kind of, just like, uh, just like with MMA, you know, you, I just fell in love with it. I, and uh, I think it's the just using the hands. I think it's the being able to clench. It's kind of uh, my, what I like to do. And, uh, and it's just a new adrenaline rush that I did. I didn't that I, I experienced when I first got into MMA and, and I haven't had in a long time and I get it back again when I do the, the bare knuckle. Sorry, there's a helicopter I, going. <laughs> but, and I love that it's bringing life into, like you said, you know, you know, as fighters get older, you know, it's not like all the other sports where there's a contingency plan and there's something, you know, there's something waiting for them afterwards. It's not always that way in fighting, but with this, this is something you can sustain, um, you know, longer than you would be able to in MMA. So I really love what Bare Knuckle has done with the, you know, bringing in the people they have. Yeah, I do too, you know, and I, I'm excited to see the growth of the sport uh, because of that, you know. Uh, I, I think it, it'll it be exciting to see when younger guys start doing it too, like newer, younger guys really get into it and it really develops in that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, but for right now, it's cool seeing guys who... who who are kind of, I guess, older. I will say longer in the tooth or whatever. Longer tenure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you have guys like uh, uh, 
uh, Rickles, of course, and then, uh, uh, oh, man, uh, the guy who Carlos fought that I wanted to fight. Uh, man, I can't think of his name. Oh, God, now you Thiago got me. Alves. Yeah, Thiago Alves, yeah. Uh, you know, he's getting into it, you know, and you get to see some real, uh, some guys do just hand stuff that are, I mean, mostly stand-up fighters, you know, I and mean, not without worrying about the ground game, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's cool to see kind of the, 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 the way this is going. Yeah, and absolutely, and I think you're absolutely right And when it comes to, you know, Bare Knuckle has been very select on who they're bringing in. And they're doing that for a reason because you have to start from somewhere. So you start with, like, a little bit, you know, get, get a couple accomplished names. You know, you've had Levin, you've got Lombard, you know, Leonard Garcia, Melvin Gillard, who obviously you fought. And, um, you know, do it that way. And I feel like that's the right way to do it. You know, I've always said that Bellator kind of needs to shy away from doing that. They try to bring in all these, you know, veterans, these people to put more eyes on the sport. But their real talent has been, you know, homegrown talent. Guys like Daniel Strauss, Michael Chandler. Dave Rickles, of course, so um, I really love and, what you're know, doing. And that's that's also MMA, and I think you can't you can't be known in MMA as as kind of like uh, you know picking up guys who you cut or cut from the UFC. That's not what you want to be known as, you know. And and, uh, and not that that's what Bellator is. I mean, they've got the Juan Archuletas and Aaron Picos, and like I mean, some seriously talented dudes. You know, but I think people are more, they think of things like that more with Bellator. Again, I hope I don't sound like I'm insulting Bellator because I think they have an amazing platform, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's just, it's uh, you know, I think it's a per- perception of casual, especially casual MMA fans, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel like, what has the reception been with you doing bare knuckle with, you know, those closest or, you know, even fans, you know, have they reached out and been like, oh, I love watching you fight or... You know, do a lot of people, you know, give the criticism for it? Or what has the reaction been for you? Uh, I mean, so far it's just been, I mean, pretty good. Pretty good, you know. I mean, I've had a good reception with it. Uh, uh, people like to, I guess, like to watch me fight in this respect and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, the only person who is, I think, weary about it is, or leery about it is my wife, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah, so, I, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. I'm already I'm already ugly enough, and she's not wanting me to come home any more ugly than I am. So, it's uh it's one of those things where, you know, she she won't she won't watch them because it's bare knuckle. She went to MMA fights and stuff like that, but she won't watch these because they're bare knuckle. Like it scares the hell out of her, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but other than that, you know, like fans, it seems like fans are are kind of taking to it, you know, and, and it's just, you, you know, I mean, it's like anything else. It's the first reaction that you get. Uh, I think even from MMA fans is why the heck, you know, it's like when MMA was new, you got, why the hell are you doing this? You know, it's a fight with small gloves. Now it's mm-hmm. a fight with no gloves or whatever. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, I've had a couple of the, what the hell, and but for the most part, it's, you know, a fight's a fight's a fight, you know? And I love that you brought up the, the wife thing, because, you know, people forget fighters have families. Like, I really <laughs> feel like that happens, so... You know, what was that conversation with her when you said, hey, I want to start doing bare knuckle? Was she just, absolutely not, do not do this? Well, no, so, okay, so again, going back to Joe Stevenson, who I'll bring up again, uh, he he was like, I need your wife, he's like, I have this opportunity for you, but I need your wife to be there too. Like, I need to talk to her and make sure her she's okay with this. 
uh, you know, because I mean, me and Joe have been friends for a while, you know, and uh, and and she when when I heard the news that they when I, I might get a uh, bare knuckle fight, she did for the first time, you know, and uh, and I think action was sure cool, get it out of your system, you'll do one and it'll be done, and then I fell in love with it. Now she's just like Jesus Christ, another another thing, so. And I can but see she, why uh, she thinks that. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally get it. I mean, you're, you're, we're going to bare knuckle fight each other. Like guys who are good at fighting, going to bare knuckle fight each other. That sounds like horrible, you know, especially to a wife. And she's not, you know, not in a, the martial arts world or anything like that. So she's just like, Jesus, what are you doing? Mm. So. Yeah, and I can imagine that's that's usually the reaction. You know, you know, talking with other fighters and they're talking about you know, why they started fighting, you know, most of the time it is, what the hell are you doing? Like, why, why do you want to do this? So, um, you know, it's crazy because just, uh, you know, prior to the show, I was watching that interview you guys did with the MMA Roasted podcast with Ian McCall. And it was so funny because they asked you if you lived in your car and you're like, well, some of us actually have a job. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, I mean, I have a job. I just do this for, for shits and giggles at this point, you know? And I think that's that's a really good thing and a really, you know, sad thing at the same time is that, you know, fighters can't just do, a lot of fighters can't just do one or the other. So what's your day job? Like, what are you doing when you're not, you know, getting teeth knocked out in, uh, inside the ring? Uh, so the te- first off, the teeth, I'm going to defend this again. Oh, oh. Uh, teeth was when I was a kid, long before I started doing MMA, and then uh, I got to get oral surgery, and so I'm just waiting until I'm done fighting until they have to, like, actually cut into my jaw, you know what I mean? So I'm just waiting, and I, I and then getting a flipper put in, but uh, my day job is, uh, is doing home remodel stuff, so we go in and, you know, we're actually, we might go into Ure, Colorado after this, uh, after a little bit to be doing, or to do some stuff, some higher on stuff in Ure, so... Uh, you know, we I we do fairly high end bathroom and and uh, kitchen remodels and then kind of whatever we can, you know. Have you ever gotten to a job and somebody been like, "Oh my God, it's you!" Like it's. Oh, no. I'm no. not that big of a deal at all. Oh least. come on, you've been fighting for 17 years. Yeah, and most people I, I like I fought what three fights or four fights in the UFC. It wasn't like in, it wasn't as popular as it is now. I, I get that. I don't get that at all. I get the you must be a fighter because my ears messed up, but not the oh my god, it's you. So. Understandable. So, what has driven you to fight for as long as you have? Because, you know, seventeen years professional. You know, whether you did any fights before that, like that's a long time to do it. So it's, is it just that drive to compete, or is it just something you really love that much? Uh it's a. I think it's a drive. To- compete a little bit of adrenaline rush I, I do love fighting i mean it's it's a it really is the kind of the ultimate one-on-one competition right i mean it's uh, i love it I, again i love it or else i wouldn't do it you know uh mm-hmm. there's there's never been like the greatest money in this you know in in fighting in general i just enjoy doing it you know absolutely and i i love that you've carried it on this long and you've like you said we found new life um, when it comes yeah. to to bare knuckle, and you know, I don't want to dig too much into your personal life, but 2018 was a, a big year for you, you know, making that that turnaround. So, you know, how important was that for you in your not only in your professional career but in your personal life? 
yeah, you know, uh, it was super important to me. You know, it's something that I wanted to, again, I think a lot of the stuff that I have, have gone through is, uh, has given me a whole shitload of, oh, I don't know if I can swear. You, you would say whatever you want. That's fine. <laughs> it, it gave me a whole bunch of souths out. So it's nice to like turn around and be able to take, to, to win some fights, you know, and, uh, and do something that I love again. And it kind of gets rid of some of that doubt, you know, and it's, it's, uh, again, it, it, it's making me see that a lot of, uh, it's just making me see that a lot of what I did before. If I if I hadn't have messed up so bad, I, I think I would have been a little bit better at the sport of mixed martial arts, you know. But it is it is what it is, and it's kind of breathing new life into my into this this part of my career. Yeah, and like I said, I didn't want to go too much into it because I'm sure everybody asked about it, and I'm sure you went through enough of that already. Um, but I love seeing the the upswing, you know, seeing the positiveness that came out of that, and you know, you seem like you're in pretty good spirits. And, you know, you're 10 days out from a title fight. So, obviously, things are going in the right direction. Yeah, uh, you know, all this stuff, I mean, look, and I always say, especially after everything that I went through with the, the addiction stuff, like anything that happens and I'm on this side of the dirt is a good day, you know? Uh, so, like, stuff like getting a fight for a title, uh, uh, anything like that, anything good that's happening is just icing on the cake, you know? I mean, like, I, I'm lucky to be here and... Uh, and the fact that I get to do any of this, like anything, you know, uh, and not be confined to a cell or, or not be like really kind of slave to an addiction mm -hmm. uh, is a wonderful thing and, and just icing on the cake, you know. So I'm, I'm just happy to, to still be doing it, you know. Absolutely. Well, it looks like Caveman's about to join us. That's all right cool. with you. Let's bring on yeah. the, the Caveman himself. Let's see if he can hear us. Hey! What up? <laughs> All right, Caveman Ike, Ike Caveman. I don't know if you two have ever met, you know. Not yet. I don't know if we ever have or not. Have What's up, met? man? Sorry. I don't, I don't think so. I'm good, man. We were talking a lot of shit about you. I finished the steak in three so. minutes just so I could be on this. Well, I appreciate it. So we were just talking about, you know, the new life of, you know, Bare Knuckle and how we went from, you know, we've got... UFC vet, Strikeforce vet, and now Bellator vet, you know, and how, um, how we feel like it's, it's really changing, um, the landscape of, you know, not just the MMA world, but fighting in general. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it definitely needs more, more, I mean, for sure. They need more fights. They just got to put out more content, man. And COVID really fucked shit up. I mean, that's just the truth of it. Yeah. They had the ball rolling. Everything was looking good. Man, they took a big hit when they flew everybody out here, got everybody 24 hours out. My event was canceled. So, um, you know, no one gets to be privy to the new star of bare knuckle fighting, which is Caveman Rickles, baby. <laughs> well, like you said, we've got BKFC 11 featuring, you know, Ike Bailey Flag taking on Luis Palomino for the title. And then from what I see... BKFC is, is that next week? Yeah. Hey, is that next week? Fucking A, man. Yeah. Hey, dude. Hey, uh, oh, I hate to do this, but my, so whatever, for whatever, StreamYard hates me when more than one person gets on, so I might have to cut out because I'm like, my audio's trash. I can still hear you. You're good. Can you hear us? Hey, have fun in there next week I can, if you I jump can't out. <laughs> I can't hear a damn thing, guys. All right, hold on. 
StreamYard just hates us. That's basically what it is. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you now. It's just kind of spotty. I apologize, guys. Yeah, you're fine. Listen, man, it's technology. It's 2020. <laughs> Let's see. Well, Ike, if you have to go, if you can't hear us, if we're having a technical difficulty, I think we're going to need to talk to you next time. And uh, there better be a, a big gold belt around that uh, shoulder when we do that. Kick some ass next week. Sorry, guys. I apologize. I, I mean, I'll have to step off, I guess. So you guys have a great conversation. And hopefully, I'll see you, see you fighting soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll, Thanks, be, man. we'll catch up. Thank you. Oh, poor man. What's up, caveman? What up? Dude, thank you uh, for taking That sucks. Time. I was looking forward to talking to him. I know. Well, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll have to get just get the three of us together in a room. You know, I'm sure that wouldn't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, have you been to, have you been going? I thought we talked about this. You've been going to the Bare Knuckles, right? Or you went to one at least? I went to two. I went to, I think, six and eight. Um. So I saw, you know, the Artem and Polly fight, and I saw the... Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Dude, I had yeah, Artem yeah. the whole that was time. A big I fight. was like, Polly's not even going to stand a chance. And it's so funny because being there and then watching the fight on TV, two different experiences. Because yeah. anytime Polly would land a single punch, single punch, crowd went nuts. Oh, for real? Anytime Artem landed anything, mmm... But on TV... They just weren't. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, fun hmm. fact. If you watch... Uh, I think it's UFC 46. And uh, Frank Mir breaks Tim Sylvia's arm. If you watch that live... The crowd starts booing when Herb Dean stops the fight. Like, straight up starts booing. But when you watch it on a DVD... No more booing. It's fascinating. Right. Weird. <laughs> I wonder how that Weird happened. how that works. So... BK, last time we talked, no fight on the horizon. Now it looks like we have a that fight. That motherfucker is missing teeth. He looks like a bare knuckle fighter. <laughs> so we talked about it, and I was like, I was like, so what do you do in your day job when you're not getting your teeth knocked out? And he's like, listen. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to defend this. He goes, this actually happened as a kid before I ever fought. I was like, oh, Oh, shit, shit oh, that's shit. crazy. Sorry. <laughs> he seems like a great dude. He's really talented. What what what's what weight does he fight at? Sixty five or seventy five? Uh he's fighting a lightweight, so is that fifty five? That should be fifty five. Oh fuck. Alright. Yeah. Are you are you fighting at sixty five or seventy five? What are we doing? I'm fighting at seventy five, son. I'm fucking yoked right now. <laughs> I got that quarantine body, son. Don't we all, man? Don't we all. So I'm just excited that we. Get I to put on a lot of fights. muscle, man. Like all I could find myself to do was like lift weights during all this shit, and I put on a lot of. I'm fucking. I'm. I'm. I'm Jack, son. <laughs> Ready to beat somebody up. Absolutely. So, do we know who we're fighting? Uh, Are we allowed to the say Sandman you know, Stevenson? Or... I guess the same fucking dude I was supposed to fight. As far as I know, was it Nico Hernandez? No, dude. Just I was supposed I'm to play this kidding. guy named Harris Stevenson. He's he's like two and one in bare knuckle. Mm -hmm. He fought Caleb Harris. Oh yeah, I was there for a Caleb know. Harris fight. So yeah, so yeah. that's who I was supposed to fight. Uh, kind of a, I mean, truthfully, that's kind of an introductory fight, you know. Um, 
I kind of have a list. I want to fight him. I want to fight Melvin Gillard to get redemption. <laughs> and then, and then, um, I don't know whoever the fuck holds the belts. I guess no. I want to fight Phil Baroni. I want to whip his <laughs> ass, like, damn it, Phil Baroni. Yeah. Well, and if, it's phony, funny, Phil so if you end up fighting Gallard and you beat him, you and, you know, Ike will uh, have something in common there. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Ike's fucking talented, man. He's pretty good. No, he's they had no fight. There's 0% chance Melvin Gallard made 55, though. I think Ike fights at 65. Listen, I'm looking at it. It says lightweight, and he's fighting for a lightweight title next week, so... Yeah, but lightweight for boxing is different. Yeah, I never, I never got into that shit. <laughs> Noob, come on, pounds. man! I thought you were supposed to know shit. Listen, do you know what? You know when I started watching boxing? To be completely honest, <laughs> Deontay Wilder. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, dude. I don't watch much much boxing anyway. I only watch. Okay, so I watch fighters. I'm, I'm just guilty of that in general. I don't watch. I'm not like, hey, there's a UFC on. I really want to watch that. I just, uh, I find fighters that I fall in love with and I watch them. And like Vasil Lomachenko is one of the fighters I love to watch that boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyson Fury, I fell in love with him. I've been watching him. So that was crazy when he knocked out Deontay Wilder. Well, that's the thing. So then... watching Wilder before the whole Fury thing came together. Oh. What the hell? Um, was he, he knocked people out. There wasn't any point fighting. There wasn't any, you know, huh, let's go. Like he was trying to kill people. He's a bro. I'm dead serious. I want to watch him versus, uh, Joshua and Ganu. Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm dead serious. I honestly, yo, I think that'd be a real fight, bro. I'm dead serious. Dude, absolutely. I'd watch that. I think it'd be more interesting, but, you know. So what did you think about... Right, because if... Go ahead. Because that'd be a fight where you're like, all right, if Wilder doesn't try to fight technically, <laughs> he might be in trouble. I feel like that would be a straight-up, like, rock'em, sock'em robot. Like, one of them would just get hit, yeah. and the head would just go, whoop. That's, that's what we deserve. We deserve that. Absolutely. So what do you feel about Masvidal? Taking that fight on six days' notice last weekend. That's so badass. You know, the fact that he even made weight on six days' notice is really impressive. It makes you wonder, like, how ready he was. I mean, he had to have been getting ready. Mm -hmm. There's never a time in my career that I could have made weight at 155 in six days. Never, ever. It would have never happened. Um, The best I did was I made 160 in – two weeks to fight um adam piccolotti mm-hmm. but um you know i went in there whipped his ass 14 <laughs> days notice at 160 and then you know i don't I, I that's when i started to realize like man i can't i just got tired of cutting weight like it was just too hard for me like i think i think that is telling of like he's in the right weight class you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the fact that he can be in moderately good shape and and fight five rounds and then go go in there and make weight in six days like that's a, a weight class that works for him mm-hmm. i could have never done that at 155 well and, and you know so many people talk about the old days you know bj penn when he used to make 155 that was like his walking around weight 
You know, 170 was him putting on some muscle. But back then, a 170 yeah. guy probably weighed like 180 uh, before they cut weight. Right. Now yes, a 170 exactly. guy's like Walk 210. Walk around, right. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, you know, I'm so glad that you have a fight coming up. Yeah, you know, a guy fighting at 170 is like at least... Yeah, me too. Let me tell you about it. Let's hope it doesn't get canceled like the last one. I don't think so. I think we've put on enough MMA to uh, to show that it can be done. And, you know, Bare Knuckle putting it for free on the Yeah, app. but they're doing it. Nah, here's the thing, though. They're doing it with a crowd here. Are they're doing it with a crowd because they already sold shit. I don't know. I sold close to $35,000 in tickets, so... All my people are still waiting to sit down and watch. Holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah. last time we talked, we didn't get to talk about, you know, dad life. And I know one of your kids just had a birthday. So, I want to focus more on Dave Rickles, the dad, instead of Dave Rickles, the fighter, for this remainder of the episode. Okay. So, tell Hit me. me. Tell me about all the kids and uh, life as a, a dad. All right. We got turd one, turd two, and turd three. And uh, <laughs> they're just turdy as hell. Um, they, uh, I, Maverick just turned one. Jeez. He's our youngest son. Um, he looks identical to his brother at that age. So it's kind of funny to he see really that. He really does. But, yeah, 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 little David, man, like, they they just, they look the exact same, so it's kind of funny, I, I'm interested to see what he looks like when he's older, you know, but um, little David is uh, five and Alexa's seven, Jeez. and um, yeah, man, isn't that weird? It's just weird, because time flies by, but um, I don't know, dude, I got good-ass kids, my daughter is a savage in jiu-jitsu. She's undefeated. Uh, she's done three tournaments so far and never been beat. So it's really pretty cool. And I'm not like the weird jiu-jitsu. I don't even like jiu-jitsu, for one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not like the overbearing like jiu-jitsu wrestling dad. So I'm just like, hey, that's cool. Like, really glad you're winning. You know, of course I'm like cheering her on and happy for her and super psyched and stuff but like i'm not like forcing her to go to practice eight hours a day and shit so she's just a real natural athlete so it's kind of cool to see and she actually wants to do it so that's what i love about it and then little dave likes kickboxing he's five so his idea of kickboxing is like his he's got a uh, a trainer to hold mitts for him and stuff like that and he just likes to smack the pads and roll around on the ground and be a doofus so just like that. i don't know i just got fun kids man uh, yeah exactly like <laughs> you should have seen me as a kid man i i i was in trouble all the time for doing dumb shit i, so, I wish i could say the same i really i really wasn't that kid i had an older brother i just watched him do stuff and go all right he gets in trouble if he does that i'm not gonna do that works for me yeah, I was a class clown, so... No, I mean, you? I, you know what, I, just growing up, I really... <laughs> yeah, guilty as... Charged, folks. You heard it here first. 
Um, I don't know. I was really a pretty good kid. I just, you know, I would not shut up. I wanted to make everyone laugh. Uh, that sort of thing. So, I don't know. It was just a goofball, I guess. Yeah, and I feel like that carried over, but who would have thought the class clown ended up, uh, you know, fighting for a living? Walking dinosaurs to a cage. Yeah, who would have thought? That's still one of my favorite moments of all time, being at a fight. I'm not even going to lie. Just, like, that was fantastic. Yeah. Well, you were there, right? Yeah, that was the first time we met. Yeah, I thought so. Um, yeah, that was amazing, man. Like, there's just so much to that fight, like, a lot of people didn't know about, like, the brawl afterwards and just... The, the brawl afterwards? What? Yeah, like... Sadawat's crew threw a bunch of chairs at like my my teammates and coach and they started throwing shit back and they got in like a little feud or whatever and it was just hilarious, man. I didn't know about I this. Was in the I back. don't think anybody knows any about of, this. Yeah. Yeah, so I <laughs> right after the fight like Sadawat's crew started throwing chairs at my coach and some other people and my coach is holding up the check and they're like Caveman should have lost, blah, 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 all this stuff. And uh, my coach just turns to him and he's like, oh, yeah? Well, we got the fucking check. <laughs> and uh, we're, he's just talking shit. <laughs> Man, it was just hella funny. I didn't see any of it, but he told me about it afterwards. And Well, it's funny because I was there and I didn't see any of that. I was cage shied for that. I didn't see any of that. It was uh, like in the back where... I walked through the back doors. But, you know, anyway, so we had that little scuffle or whatever, and then I partied my ass off for seven days straight in Florida and <laughs> nearly died of a heart attack, I'm sure. So, <laughs> hey, you were nice enough to wish your sister a happy birthday mid-interview. Yeah. And pulled her over, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, she definitely gave me props for that. So... I don't know, man. Um, the dad life, the fight life, uh, I'm lucky that they kind of coincide. Like, uh, my kids, I'm like their little hero, you know what I mean? Like, they, they love me and stuff, and they love my fighting. And my daughter got to walk out to, with me for one of my fights. I don't know if you ever saw that, but Probably. she dressed up. I've watched. I mean, I try to watch every single one. I think the only one I haven't watched yeah, she, since I've known you. She dressed yeah. Yeah. I I was walked out in a caveman outfit with a spear, and she had the exact same outfit on, kind of sort of like passing the torch to the little caveman family and stuff like that. And she was hype, bro. She could not believe it. So I, that's when I fought Adam Piccolotti, actually. And uh, we had a pretty tough fight, and my legs were really sore um, after the fight. And... Um, from kicking, like, I could barely walk. Like, they had to pick me up and carry me around. And my daughter <laughs> comes running into the back and kicks me as hard as she can in the leg. And, like, I just, I screamed like a little girl. And she just, like, she could, you know what I mean? Like, to her, like, to her, she didn't get that, like, you know, we're really hurting each other in there. You know what I mean? It was like a game. Like, it just looked like. Yeah, like, Dad just was having fun, right? Like, that looked fun, you know? 
this was a couple years ago, so she like was still pretty like she didn't really understand it, you know. But yeah, and yeah, she's a little savage, yeah, it, and it's still crazy to think that you have three kids. Um, and when you showed yeah. that picture of Maverick, I thought it was little Dave. Like I legit, oh I was for like, real? I was like, why is he sharing a picture of? And you were like, happy first birthday, little guy, and I'm like, he's like five. Yeah, like, little. What are you doing? Like, yeah. he looks exactly like him. Time warp, time warp. Yeah, little caveman and uh, Maverick look the exact same. So, so now that they're a little bit older, you know, they're they're able to you know be a bigger part of the fight life. So, what's that like for you? Kind of think about it in the back of your head, be like, hey, like they're watching daddy instead of just you know watching daddy, like not understanding what's really going on. I fucking love it, man, because now I get to show them like grit determination you know all those factors that go into fighting and you know how easy it could be to quit and you guys got to keep going and do dang man like these kids see me train like i have a setup in my house i train a lot in my house and they see me laying on the floor dying in my own sweat you know so they know how hard i work and um you know that's something i preach to them like i i don't tell my i don't I don't call it chores or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, almost everything I refer to is, like, work. I was like, we all got to put our work in every single day. Like, my work, they know is, like, obviously I go to the car washes and take care of them. But they know that, like, me going to training, me going on runs and stuff, that's part of my work, too. So, you know, I'm like, we got to get some work in today. What are we doing? And, you know, they do little bike rides with me and stuff. Like, my daughter just did a 10-mile bike ride with me yesterday, so that was really dope. And Damn. I mean, she um, she's a little beast, dude, so it's it's really cool. Yeah, I can imagine. So, And I have to throw this in now for the rest of my life, every episode. I got my blue belt two weeks ago. So, That's super dope. So I was excited about that, and it's, you know – seeing how excited you are that your daughter loves jiu-jitsu she's undefeated like that was better than watching you fight like that like smile on your face and that emotion that you you know you showed like that's that's only something a dad can feel yeah uh that is part of dad life though man like oh did we lose the caveman Stay tuned. Hey! I think I lost you there for a second. Am I back? Yeah. Sorry, I was... I had to get out of the car. <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah, so, let's just speak on that for a second. Um, you know... Uh, just... Uh, when you become a... Things that... Should be. Oh, I'm losing you again, caveman. Let me uh go inside. Let me connect to that Wi-Fi.
And now a word from our sponsors. Hey you guys, Matt Quiggins here, the Quiggin Out MMA Podcast. Wanted to just take a moment and give a huge shout out once again to EpicJitsTees.com for not only bringing the Quiggin Out MMA Podcast logo to life, um, also putting it on t-shirts and really just being a creative outlet uh, for those in the MMA world. So go ahead and check out the site. If you go now to EpicJitsTees.com and use promo code QUIGS, that's Q-U-I-G-G-S, you get a special discount on your order. Now back to the show. What the hell is that? <laughs> can you hear me yet? Yeah. God damn it. I can hear you. Are you back in the car? Am I back? Yeah, I got a puppy and I'm trying to figure out where he's at. <laughs> Listen, now you're now you're oh my god. I think I see a dog. Sorry, man. It's hard, right, man. It's part of my life. I'm super busy. Listen, man, Ike felt so bad he was like, I'm sorry guys, blah blah and I said, Listen, man, I said, All just right. come back on the show. Oh my god, look at that thing. <laughs> What's his name? His name's Hunter. Oh my god, he's so cute. I guess everybody listening, you better watch the show because you're going to see a cute dog at 41 minutes in. (laughs) That's right. Yep. So, um, let me get some lights on here so we can continue the conversation. Okay, where were we at? Dad life, man, and how it's such a big part of your life now because seven years ago... You were just getting into dad life. Now you've got it firmly established. Three kids and a dog. So, uh... Yep. How are you balancing all that? Well, I'm dying inside because I... I just gave away... My first dog. (gasps) Hmm. What happened? But, here's the best part of the story. (laughs) Well, kind of a sad part of the story, too. My dad just found a place to live. He's been living in an apartment for a really long time. and He's an older guy. He's in his 70s. And mm-hmm. um, he was he's lonely, man. So he, I, he loves my dog. Like, asked to see him all the time. Like, spends, spends time with him and stuff. And I was, I was like, hey, I want to, you know, you got this new house. I, I want to get you, give you my dog, Turk. So, <laughs> turd. <laughs> he's Turk. Turk. With a K. Listen, I heard turd. You called your kids turds. <laughs> my kids are turds. They they definitely act like turds a lot. So, but um, Turk uh, went with the, my dad. So I'm grieving loss of a child right now. But um, it's for a good cause. My dad loves my dog, so it's kind of. Uh, situation. Well, yeah, and it's not like you can't ever see him again. It's not like you gave him to a complete stranger. Right, yeah. I'm, no, so that's what people think of when I, like, when I, like, I gave my dog away. But no, it's not to a stranger. It's to my dad. Like, I can still go over and see him, so it's a good game. <laughs> so talk about, you know, 
when you got the call, or at least, you know, when you found out you were going to be fighting again. I don't know what that is. I think your dog's going nuts. Um, hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, it's crackling really bad. Yeah, hold on one second. Sorry, guys. How about now? Uh, it's still pretty bad, but I can hear you. I don't know what's going on. I thought it was on your end. Let me see. Might be. I don't know what would be. Hello. Hello. Yeah, it's still kind of crackly, but. It's still. We can't. We can't have a show without technical <laughs> difficulties. Like. <laughs> I know. Jeez, dude. We. So. We um, had a rough go at doing fuck. So let's put it this way. It's a good time to, to end it. That way there isn't a bunch of feedback and probably stuff. But you'll be fighting in the next month. I'm excited to see that. I want to see what Bare Knuckle does for you. And uh, like I said, we're going to have Ike back on the show after he wins the title. Sorry, Louis Palomino, but I think this is Ike's time to take that title from him. You know, take that title out of that ring. Which one of those guys is taking the fight on short notice? I can't remember. It's Ike. Two weeks notice. Uh, yeah. He's a gangster, though, dude. He's tough as shit, so that'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. So, well, thank you, K-Man Riggles. Thanks, Ike. I know you can't be with us for the end of the show. Not sure what our technical difficulties are, but we'll have to figure them out. And uh, it's all part of the show, so thanks, K-Man, as always. Quicken Out MMA, Epic Jits Tees, Quicken Out MMA podcast shirt, Combat Press. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you so much. All right, bro. Appreciate your time.